Hey everyone, this is Chris Vaught, and I'd like to welcome you all to the Pursuit Podcast, where our passion is to inspire and equip you with biblical truths as you pursue after the heart of God. Today, That's right. we are going to be breaking up down a single line from the Bible yep. that we hear it's talked fun. about a lot. a lot. You see it. You see it in places that have nothing to do with Christianity. In fact, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It is fun. But I can do all things through Christ yeah. who strengthens me. If you want to finish it on. Yeah. Out. So this is going to be a fun little talk. We're going to do, I think, several of these over the next little bit of time where we just pick up some of these phrases that are scripture. Yep. They are. Uh, we grab a hold of them culturally, and we just start quoting them. And sometimes we end up taking them out of context. And so we're going to have some fun. We're going to go back to the scripture, find the actual context, just to make sure that everyone understands what the passage literally means. And Philippians four thirteen, man, everyone loves to Everybody. quote that verse. No matter what you're going through, yep. no matter what you're doing. Yep. Um, they love to quote Philippians four thirteen, especially if there's uh, any fear of not being able to. Yep. to accomplish whatever the goal is. Hey, I can do all things. Through I can Christ. do all things through Christ. And you you know, can do all things. You know, you can do all things through Christ. All things through Christ. You can. And you know, it's not to take away what, cause you can tell we're being a little sarcastic here is not to take away from the power that God can do anything right. through us. But James would say it's according to his will. And uh, sometimes we, kind of put God in our own personal box of <laughs> what we want him to do. And so I think it's important for us to go back, look at the yep. verse, truly get it in context. And to get it in context, you have to back up and see the verses that are before and after verse 13 yep. and really understand who is Paul talking to and what is Paul talking about. Of course, we've recently done one, uh, a podcast on how to properly study the Bible, and yeah. context is a big part it's a major of this. part. We're going to read just uh, 10 through 13, and from there we'll start unpacking. Uh, Philippians 4, 10 through 13, this is from the CSB. I rejoice, in, I rejoice in the Lord greatly because, once again, you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with a little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret, no, is that what it says? Yeah. The secret, yeah, of being content, whether we well, whether well fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through Christ, through him who strengthens me. Yeah. So, so you catch real quickly the yeah. context here. Paul is talking to the church in Philippi. Um, yeah. If you do the history piece of this, Paul has taken up offerings, financial yep. gifts from some of these churches that he has planted for the church in Jerusalem. Yep. The church in Jerusalem is going through a, a very famine. difficult time. Yep. There's famine in the land, persecution. The church yep. is being scattered. And on his missionary journeys, Paul has taken up a love offering. Philippi yep. was a very generous church. It was. A very gracious church. Uh, it's one of the few churches you read in the New Testament where Paul doesn't just come out with a lot of discipline and correction in his letter. 
They were definitely weren't the Corinthians. No, we know they were in trouble. They were. They were very. His letters to the Philippians. His letter to the Philippians was very positive. I've always said they were the apple of his eye. Yeah, and that's literally what. If you read through the through that letter to them, he was very proud of that church. He was. I mean, he took a lot of. Of, uh, he, he was proud of how they uh, impacted the community in that in that region. Considering they weren't, they were one of the few places that uh, where the church was birthed during his uh, time of missionary work. That birthed a church in a non-Jewish area. Yeah. It was almost exclusively right. Gentile or pagan. Uh, there wasn't a synagogue in Philippi. And right. what does that mean? They put up, they built a synagogue in any community that had 10 or more Jewish men. Mm-hmm. And so we know they had less than 10. So right. that pretty much makes it not very Jewish. And so we know he went and you see it in Acts. We where Luke records where he went there. Yeah, and a lot really happened cool. there. And, you know, some people may not pick up on where exactly it is in the book of Acts. But True. it's when Paul leads Lydia. Yep. Right. He meets Lydia down by the river, seller of purple. Yep. Leads her to Christ. And now we see how the church literally is fulfilling Acts 1-8, right? Exactly. Where Jesus told them that they would be endued with power to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost ends of the earth. And you find all of those contexts throughout the book of Acts, which is 30 years or so of history of the early church. And here is, we're going to the ends of the earth. I mean, literally where there's no Judaic presence in the community, in this church in Philippi. And Paul says to him, says, you cared for me. He even goes on to say, you even wanted to do more than you were able to. Yeah, exactly. Well, think people don't realize, like within non-Jewish communities, uh, within the Jewish communities, a lot of uh, the uh, Jewish people consider the Christians they weren't well-received, but they were just another one of the sectarian groups. They were mm-hmm. just another one of the, as long as you were within the Jewish fold, you still had the opportunity to of a lot of the other Jews in those communities. You still had some resources. You still had availability to, uh, to for lack of a better word, welfare in some cases. Yeah. Um, but if you were a Gentile mm-hmm. and you uh, and you were uh, proclaiming Christianity, you were you were exiled. Right. You were literally ostracized, and your opportunity sometimes to make revenue was nothing. Right. And so, and that, these guys were overcoming all of those obstacles mm-hmm. in a very pagan culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, and you're right. Here, of all the churches, of all the people, to be the one church, there was only one church that we know recorded in the Bible that helped Paul with that whole with that with that concept of helping mother the mother church there in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and that was. The Church of Philippi. Which is really interesting. Yeah, it is. So, you know, they're coming in, they're wanting to show care, and I think it's key here to understand the context of the passage. So there's an offering being taking place. So yep. for one piece, to understand the context, we're talking about a moment of generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's an, another element here. Paul says in verse 12, I know how to make do yep. with little, yep. and I know how to do, make do with a lot or with much. He says, I've learned this in all circumstances, how to be content. content. Then he goes into this popular phrase, I can do all things through Christ. So if you put the context together, <laughs> Paul is actually saying Christ is the one who gives us the strength to be consistent. Exactly right. All right. Here yeah. we're getting into the principle. To be on a level plane, to be consistent, whether you have a lot, whether you have a little, really, and you can go beyond finances, I believe here, yep. don't you? That it's whatever life throws at you. 
Exactly. Ups and downs, right? Because life has mountain peaks and valleys. And, valleys. and there's a principle here, if we want to understand the context, Paul's saying, man, I have learned Christ gives me the strength. Whatever I'm facing, I can be consistent. I can be content. So what he's not saying is if I, as a young man, even if I would have put in the work, <clears throat> worked my absolute, uh, to my full of my ability, if I practiced, got up at 5 a.m. every morning, worked out, ran, and worked on my basketball skills and shot free throw at free throw at the free throw and three-point shot at the three-point shot, worked on my vertical, mm-hmm. say I was a five-foot, five-foot, ten-nothing, you know, um, um, dude from West Memphis, and who was that's pretty good. Let's say I'm, you know, really good on the high school team there, which is very, very, very competitive. But despite all of the the work, the effort, the energy, the desire, the want to, uh, probability was almost zero that I was going to be the NBA. The I wasn't probably getting drafted because <laughs> you can believe a thing, you can want a thing, you can yeah. say a thing, but it may not be a thing. And I think that's I think that's key for the context, right? Yes. So. It's not that we don't dream. It's not yes. that we don't work hard. Uh, but at the same time, God is not our genie in the lamp. If no. we rub the lamp three times and work hard enough and say the right words, Jesus we're going to get whatever we want. Yeah. Even Jesus, when the disciples came to him and said, teach us, Lord, how to pray. Yeah. And he begins to go through the process, right? Honoring God, our Father, how great you are, holy is his name. Um, and he goes through the process of asking for our daily provisions, our daily bread, asking for forgiveness, uh, seeking his will, right? Even in the Lord's Prayer, he says, not my will, but your will be done. James picks up on yep, that he does. and talks about we can have whatever we ask for, whatever we're praying for, as long as we don't pray amiss or pray from selfish motives, so at the end of the day, is can God do anything through us? Yes. Absolutely. Is this phrase a magic phrase that says, hey, if I just believe this, I can get whatever I want? No, because the greater question is, is what does God want for right. you? What is God's goal? What is God's plan for you? That's what he's going to empower you to do. And as you go through life, ups and downs, mountain peaks and valleys, you can stay stable in your faith and content by the strength that the Lord gives. I think again, we, um, during most of the things we're teaching right now in, uh, in, in our church currently, as this date is recording this, uh, we're teaching on the book of Daniel. Mm -hmm. And, um, in many cases, it's not, I think people take that verse and want to apply it to what they can get, right. Right. What's for them personally. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I think it's all about the mindset and the heart set, you know, where are you? What's your, you know, where, where is your heart? Cause like with Daniel, mm. uh, we know he did some supernatural things, sure but, did. but way back when he did a lot of small things before the wild things ever yes. happened. Yes. And those small things, when he did those small things, he wasn't looking for the, the wild things. Right. He was doing the small thing. Cause he had, 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 had considered those things in his heart and that he believed and he hoped and he loved and he trusted. And he just simply did the little things. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. God used, uh, used him to do some supernatural, Mm -hmm. crazy Mm -hmm. things. You're right. He did all things possible through Daniel. So he did kind of fulfill that Mm -hmm. idea in Philippians, but at the same time it was, but Daniel's heart 
and was in the right place. And God's will was exactly what was fulfilled in Daniel. And and really, to be honest, anybody's in your yeah. life, if you're within the will of God and you are doing the small things of God, if you are mm-hmm. if you are being very practical in your in your heart is uh, is is sincere and holy, then can God do anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so good because Daniel was faithful in the little. 100%. Yeah, he was. And he wasn't trying to put God in a box of, Mm -hmm. okay, God, I need you to do this. So I will do this. So I will do this. He wasn't being faithful in order to do something Mm -hmm. else. He was just staying faithful. That's right. And by being faithful, whatever came about. I mean, Daniel didn't understand why he was interpreting dreams until Nebuchadnezzar called him to say, hey, tell me my dream. Exactly. You know, he probably... How many times over the years he probably somebody came up, he just happened to interpret somebody said, You know, I dreamed this. You know, I really feel like this means that why do I need to know right. what this person's dream means? Right. And then all of a sudden, like you said. And so God was able to work through him, as you said, because he was faithful. Exactly. And it was a part of God's plan. And God's got a plan for you. And God can do anything through you. The key is being content with wherever you're at, whatever season of life you're in. Being faithful and trusting God and letting God be the one who decides what that next piece looks like for you, and then trust Him to be able to do what you can't do on your own. Paul here is struggling. Yeah, he is. He's struggling financially. Yep. He's struggling physically. He's struggling emotionally. He has been beaten. He's been shipwrecked. He's been cast out of cities. He's been stoned. And now he has this one church showing him love and compassion. Yep. He's burdened for the church back in Jerusalem. He's burdened for Jews, wanting them, wanting them to come to Christ, he even offered to give up his own salvation if yep. it were possible, which is not. But he was willing to whatever it take for, took for people to be saved. And he said throughout this process, and I, and I think sometimes we forget that there is a process to our spiritual maturity. There is. Yep. Throughout this process, he, has, he said, I have learned. So probably when he started out in his first missionary journey, he didn't have the same level of contentment that he had at the end of his life, right? <laughs> exactly. He learned maturity along the path, and he learned that God can give him the strength for what he needs in the moment that he's at. So you got to imagine with Paul, because this is pretty early on in his uh, missionary work, um, when he first got the, uh, the the word from God or became aware of God's plan for him, it was pretty simple. And this is all he knew, that you were going to stand before the leaders and the kings <laughs> yep. and the governors of nations. Right, that's all he knew. Right. right, that's all he knew. Well, in my head, if I was you and me, like Lord sending me to the the big places, <laughs> yeah. he's sending me to high time. Right. I'm going right. to the palaces. <laughs> right, I'm going to the cool places to right. hang out with the coolest dudes. Right, and we're gonna, I'm gonna be in, a, I'm gonna make impression and be amongst the richest of the <laughs> rich and the best of the best. He wasn't thinking about a. Uh, he didn't know he's gonna do it. In, he's gonna be in chains <laughs> yeah. the whole yeah. entire time. Yeah, he, but he is. And he, he wasn't thinking about you know I'm gonna write most of my letters from a prison cell. <laughs> I don't think that came to his head at all whenever he agreed to this. You know, right. to this uh, this call on his life. Right. And uh, but we know, um, but we do know a few things about Paul, and that it was you almost started talking about is he stayed consistent in what he was doing, mm-hmm. and um, and and one of those things he did regularly was, and we know he did it because he quotes it all, all the time, was he was constantly feeding or studying the yeah, Bible. Yeah, I think this is important for us, all of us, to think about. It's being consistent, being content along yep. our journey. And the Lord is the one that gives us strength to do that. And then you have to ask that question, yep. how, how did Paul get there? How can we 
whatever our journey looks like, whatever the plan, the path God has for us, how can we be consistent? Yep. How can we be content? Yep. Because let's just be honest, uh, discontented Christians do a lot of harm to the gospel. Yep. Finding contentment. That doesn't mean we don't strive. It doesn't mean we don't try to better ourselves or grow. That's not, that's not it at all. It's finding out whether we have much or little, whatever it is, it doesn't change who we are. We stay faithful and consistent to the Lord and to the gospel and to the mission, no matter what comes. How do we get there? One of the ways Paul got there was is he continually fed his soul yep. with the scriptures, right? We know this because of over and over again he taught he quotes scripture, yep. right? But when you go to the book of Timothy, I think is one of the most obvious places. He is in prison writing to young Timothy, and he implores him. He says, come before winter. And I think it's so interesting. He only asked for a coat. <laughs> Bring my cloak when you come. It's cold. He's in a hole in the street of Rome, right? Yep. The maritime prison. And then he says, oh, and bring the parchments, the scrolls. He's wanting the word. Yep. He wants the word of God. He wants to feed his soul. Um, so feeding our souls is right up there. But there's more. Yeah, then, the, then another one, feeding. So the other thing you need to do is you need to seek. So seeking mm. his face. Yeah. And so prayer is the, is the, mm. is the, is the, is the foundation block. Right. Um, without communication, I mean, without communication, no relationship is complete, right? Exactly. And so we know Paul was a, uh, was a dutiful prayer, uh, prayer warrior. And it goes beyond just prayer. I think we all have our moments of prayer, our early morning prayer or our late evening prayer over our dinner prayer. But man, it's being a continual communication mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. the Father, with God, right? Yeah, I mean, what do you think it meant when Paul said pray without ceasing? Exactly what it meant. Right? I mean, that's a whole attitude of prayer. Because sometimes I'm afraid that we, as followers of Christ, we can allow our prayer life to become so systematic, yep. programmatic, maybe I should say, that there's no heart or purpose behind it anymore. We just say the same old words. I, I, I did it in the morning. I do it yep. over my meals. I do it before I go to bed. Paul here is saying this a relationship. Exactly. And there's this sense of having our heart continually in tune to the Father. Think about Jesus. Jesus would be doing ministry all day long, and then all of a sudden he'd say, I, I've got to go to a secluded place. And he would go spend time with his father, come back and say, the father's told me what to do next. Right. So there's that seeking his face, but also that listening aspect that comes yep. with that. Right. And I think that's extremely powerful when you think about, um, ab about being strengthened by the Lord to be content and consistent and to be faithful. I remember, uh, as a kid growing up, my, when my uncle was in Vietnam mm. and my grandmother, she taught me, she said, uh, she said, Chris, it was when Bobby was in Vietnam that I learned what the Lord meant by praying consistently. She <laughs> said, I learned how to go through my life, how to have a conversation, how to take care of my other kids, how to do life, and never let my heart stop seeking the Father. Oh, that's good. And then we know also, based off the words that Paul shares in other um other other letters that he wrote that he lived the life that was constantly surrendered to God in worship. Yeah. 
constantly surrender to God and worship. Worship comes in all forms and fashions. I know we get all hung up in the in the worship wars, and it's not necessarily what that's about. Worship about. is literally just we we've, we've kind of taught on that once mm-hmm. before. It's about this just the. Uh, a giving of oneself. It's like yeah. everything you have in you, just putting it out there personally before, before the Father. Worship the Lord. I mean, think about um, Acts chapter 16. Yep. So this is interesting. What city is Paul in when he and uh, Silas are arrested and thrown into prison? Could be Philippi. Could be Philippi. <laughs> <laughs> and at midnight, Scripture says, yep. at midnight, like the darkest time of the night, Paul and Silas have been beaten. There's blood you know, running off their body from yep. wounds where they've been stripped. They've been beaten. They were in stocks. Yep. They're uncomfortable. They're chained. They haven't done anything wrong except preach the gospel. That's what they did. We all know what Satan loves to do. The accuser of the brethren loves to get in your ear and tell you how bad it is. And, man, how did you get here? And where's God right now? you got to believe that that's happening in their mind as well. How did they get through it? What does the Scripture say in Acts 16 that in the middle of the prison at midnight, Paul and Silas began to do? And lift up their voices. They began to pray and praise God. They did. And you want to talk about, I can do all things through Christ. (laughs) They didn't have to do anything. They just praised and prayed, and God shook the jail. Exactly right, because they had Christ in them, yeah. they were e- they were able to do that. That's right. the thing. Whether the jail the jail opened up for them or not was really inconsequential. They to didn't them. know God was. They had shake no it. idea that was going to happen. Nope. There was no intent there. Mm. Their pure intent was: I can do all. Th- literally, I can do all things. I can right we now. Can, I can, can worship God. I can worship Him. I may die before the sun rises, right. but I am going to worship, worship Him with him. my very last ounce of Man. my breath. And when they did, God, you're right, he rocked that place, opened it up, because they're what? The will was, their mission was to continue. Mm. And so they fell, fell into his will. How convicting should that be for all of us, right? <laughs> I know it's convicting to me. I'm just sitting here, you know, as we're talking about this, and I'm like, wow, how often do we pray and praise, but we are praying and praising for the walls to shake and for the chains to fall? And I don't believe they were. I don't believe no, they even had either. that thought in their mind. Hey, if we pray tonight, Silas, if we praise God loud enough, the angel's going to rock this. They're going to rock this yeah. prison, right? I, that no wasn't idea. it. They were being content even in chains. Mm, that's right. And God said, mm, "I'm going to change your situation." That's powerful. <laughs> it is praising Him no matter the circumstance. I know it's a little bit uh, out there, but they're just literally taking care of the things they knew. Right, they were just doing what they knew at that very moment. They, what they, they could they, control, they couldn't control anything else going on. They couldn't control, you know, the perception of the locals right. or the magistrates or or what have you. But they could control one thing and one thing only. And that was their position and their posture mm-hmm. as it, you know, as it as it as it appealed to the Father. So That's they right. could they could always just lay all of their soul, all of their uh, their heart out there and just say, "Hey, Lord, we're yours." <laughs> and if this is the last, this is our last breath. By God, we're going to do it with all that we are. That's right. With all that we are, we're going to yep. worship you by the Lord's strength. They were going to give it all to Him. And so after we, you know, we've learned uh, uh, those simple principles of of, of of feeding our face, you know, reading His Word and seeking His His face and 
and praying mm-hmm. a lot and, and really surrendering our life in worship. Another very important part, and it involves church, but not a hundred percent church. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is having somebody to keep you, you know, to be listening, to be accountable. Absolutely. Right. We need somebody around us. And a church is a good place to start that's because right. that's a, at least a once or twice a week uh, accountability partner right. right there. At least you have that one. Exactly. And then you need more in your life, though. Yeah. We ask that you have more. We, well, we push groups so hard. We really love group. groups, man. You need a group. Yeah. You need a life group. Somebody do life with, help you be accountable. And you need to surround yourself with believers. People that will, you give permission to speak into yes. you in love, yes. but speak the truth. Yeah. Hey, you know, if you're on the right track, they're there to encourage and edify. You get off track, they have permission to call you on it and bring you back with grace, yep. with mercy, to restore you back on track right and when you i mean i love this i love that paul said this because he gives us so many illustrations through scriptures we've already talked about about how he fed how he how he worshiped how he prayed right we have that in as far as accountability too Mm -hmm. paul never went anywhere alone he did not he either had a barnabas he had a silas john mark he had a john mark he had a timothy he did he was always keeping people around him to keep him accountable as well as for him to feed into them and hold them accountable. He never went on alone, which, by the way, <laughs> is a beautiful example of another great leader who never sent his group out in right. groups less than two. His name might be Jesus. Might be Jesus. Might right. be. <laughs> he tend to like to send you out in twos, and he hung out with threes or twelves. Exactly. Pretty constantly. Kind of important. <laughs> but he um, – and so Paul – Paul teaches us a lot throughout that that one little verse and throughout that letter. Mm-hmm. He teach, has taught us a lot, yes. and uh, and 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 I th- hope now people realize that when you read mm-hmm. that, yeah, God can do an oh, incredible thanks. amount of things through in any one of yeah. us. He can. He can do a crazy amount of mm-hmm. things, uh, but it's it's not like it's not some. Sp- potion to, no. to, to speak over a situation or to, or to even like even speak positivity into your life, man, the positivity, you want positivity in your life, simply do those four things. Exactly. Dig, get into the Bible, get start the reading word, the word, feed. man, pray, seek yeah. me, pray your heart out, yep. worship God. I don't care Surrender. how you worship. I don't care if it's whatever. I don't care if you have music, just worship him, just worship. love him, praise him, worship right. him, honor him. And then of course at the very end, Surround yourself with people who will tell right. you the truth yeah. and will Listen make sure you are following the, the way and the will of the Father. Yeah. Because ultimately at the end of the day, yep. right, what God is building in us is a testimony yep. to say to the world, I can do all things through Christ. How do we say that? Is by showing them that no matter what life throws at us, no matter what God's work yep. and plan is in our life, we stay consistent in our faith. We're not hot for God one moment and out on God the next. We're not with God on the mountain or away from God in the valley. We are content. We are pushing forward. We've got our eyes on Christ and on the mission that he's called for us. We're living out faithfully every single day. And in the hard and in the easy, it takes our reliance on the strength of the Lord to help us do that. Amen. That's good. Well, I hope... We hope that uh, this has helped you out a lot, help you understand a simple expression we say a lot. And we pray and we hope more than anything else that you live your life on point. We'll see you next time.